0: Welcome to the Lake Show Life Podcast, part of the Fan Sighted Podcast Network. Now, please welcome your host, Jason Reed. Welcome back to another episode of the Lake Show Life Podcast. As always, I am your host, Jason Reed, the acting side expert over at lakeshowlife.com, part of the Fan sided Podcasting Network. And let me say... What a great win for the Los Angeles Lakers over the Denver Nuggets on Thursday night. Thursday, February 4th, I will say, shout out to my sister Caitlin. It was her 18th birthday today. Uh, Crazy to think that she is 18 years old. I remember, you know, when my parents brought her home. So I'm pretty young. I was four years old when they brought her home. I'm 22 now. And they did not know the gender of, you know, what they were going to have up until birth. Not intentionally. They just, for whatever reason, I don't know the science behind it and what the science looked like in 2004. Um, for whatever reason, they could not tell, or it was 2003, could not tell, you know, if she was a boy or a girl. And I was, they expected it to be a boy. The doctor said most likely a boy. They painted the nursery to be a boy. I was so excited to have a baby brother. And the first thing I say to my sister was, uh, I asked my parents if they could take her back to the hospital, <laughs> if they could bring back a brother. So, uh, that started my relationship off with my sister on the right foot, um, and, it, it, you know, it's crazy seeing someone, you know, as the oldest sibling of two, just watching them grow up and her turn 18. So I just want to shout her out. She doesn't listen to this. She's never going to know I said this. But uh, just just a little personality injecting to the beginning of the show. Um, but, man, Lakers basketball, we got to talk about that. Obviously coming off of a fresh, you know, coming fresh off of a win over the Denver Nuggets. Typically we would have recorded and released on Thursday before this game. Um, with it being my sister's birthday today and some other things going on, I was unable to get to the mic. Uh, I wanted to do it last night just had some things It's been busy. um I apologize I should be better. Um, it will be better you know next episode I believe with how the Lakers schedule works out. they play the Detroit Pistons on Saturday Super Bowl Sunday um, that might be a little tough, but I'll record either Saturday night after the Pistons game. That's probably the plan actually Saturday night after the Pistons game or Sunday morning at the very at the very least um. And we'll get something up for Sunday. It might be Monday morning, to be honest with you guys, just because of the Super Bowl and whatnot. Either way, it's going to be Sunday, Monday. We're going to preview the two Thunder games, uh, schedule that, you know, and then we'll be back Thursday, next Thursday, preview the Memphis Grizzlies game, and then the Denver Nuggets game that following Sunday, the rematch for this great game. Um, And, man, it was a a great game it was. Lakers win by 19, uh, 21, excuse me, bad math, Uh, headed into halftime, I believe, with a, I think it was a nine-point deficit, um, the nuggets, you know, they look good in the first half. I gotta say, um, I was unable to catch the first half of this game, you know, until I got home, I just looked at the box score, you know, looked at the score. I was like, Oh wow. You know, nuggets got a, they got a lead. Uh, I watched some of the highlights and whatnot. So that, you know, that's how I know they looked good. Um, but they played, you know, a good game up until the third, the second half when I was able to watch, maybe I'm just the good luck charm. Um, and the Lakers just really came out firing, you know, they, that that third quarter, they've kind of had some problems in the third quarter this year, kind of Struggling to score a little bit. We've seen it in the games they've lost where they just kind of failed to kind of get out of the gate in the second half. Uh, that wasn't the case here. Outscored the Nuggets by 20 and then finished it in the fourth quarter. You know, buttoned up to a nice game, you know, with a, a clean fourth quarter, you know, going on runs and whatnot. LeBron really took over. I believe he had 27-10-10. He did. Looking like vintage LeBron. And this is, you know, crazy, to, you know, considering Anthony Davis only had 13-9-2. If you would have told me that Anthony Davis only had 13 nine and 2 against the Denver Nuggets, you know, before the game started, I would have been, you know, guaranteed loss for the Lakers. I didn't do a betting pick uh, for this game, unfortunately. I would have picked, you know, if you would have told me Anthony Davis went 13 nine and 2 I would have picked Nuggets plus four and a half. That's for dang sure. Um, you know, so he didn't really do much. And the story of this game really, you know, the depth, the depth really showed up in the second half. And we've been touting the Lakers' depth um you know as as a force to be reckoned with and it really showed up in this game you know you look at the box score so lebron with 27 anthony davis with 13 mark gasol with two that's really good for him actually um but then it really gets good from there you know schroeder had 21 which i want to touch on schroeder in a little bit um kcp had 10 kyle kuzma had 11 montrez harrell had 13 taylor horn tucker had 17 he looked great um, you know, Caruso didn't score, but he's playing his usual, great defense. I want to see him play more than 17 minutes a game. And, you know, Kyle Kuzma played less than 25 minutes a game, but that's neither here nor there. Um, you know, it, it's just the depth. They have so many options to kind of go at you. Obviously Trez off the bench is a great scoring presence. KCP, someone who can get hot. You got Caruso who is a top five defensive guard in the league off the bench. Tht's a young guy who's only going to get better. I'm not a huge Kuzma fan. Y'all know this, but if he's your 10th best player, you know, I'll take that any day of the week um Gasol you know starting getting 20 minutes you know that's fine I still think they needed another center and you know AD and LeBron obviously the best superstar duo now maybe you can make the case KD and um James Harden are a better duo but they're they they lumped together as a trio anyways just in terms of duo it's LeBron and Anthony Davis um you know and the one person I kind of left out there is Dennis Schroeder so Schroeder scored 21 he was you know he was good offensively let's not get that you know get, get that twisted um, but from what I've seen, the highlights in the first half and just some of the things I've read, you know, both from the Lake show life staffers and from outside of Lake show life is his printer defense was not good in the first half and he was kind of getting exposed. Um, I'm not surprised again. I'm not going to pretend to you guys. Like I watched the first half. Um, I would not be surprised if that was the case. Uh, you guys can fact check me if I'm wrong. Um, you know, because he hasn't really been that great defensively as is this season. Um, you know, offensively again, 21 points, but you know, he hasn't been the most efficient this year, and I haven't looked at the shooting numbers, so I I should probably look at that, you know. Terrible, uh terrible professional move by me. But this year, even when he's had his big scoring games, he hasn't been horribly efficient. I mean, tonight, seven of nine, five for five from th- uh from the charity stripe, two for two from deep. That's really, really good. So I'm not gonna, you know, kind of crap on him for that. Um but he hasn't been fantastic this year, and this is what I wanted to talk about when it comes to Schroeder. Is the extension deadline's coming up and obviously they, you know, reportedly were already in extension talks. The Lakers offered a two year extension. Schroeder said no, like he should have, because after a certain date, I believe it might be February fifteenth. I might be wrong about that. It's coming up. After a certain date, he can you know, he's allowed to sign a larger contract. And it's just smart business for Shooter, you know, that you know he's gonna do that. Problem is he might have played himself out of that original contract. Um, and this is coming from a Schroeder guy. I was a big shooter guy when he was coming to the Lakers. I was really excited about what he was going to bring, you know, replacing Rondo as kind of that secondary guard. And I've talked about it. I talked about it on a previous podcast episode. I've written about it. Um, I think they're playing him and LeBron together way too much. You have this playmaking guard and, you know, shooter who's supposed to be a facilitator, but then you're pairing him most of his minutes alongside LeBron James. And when you look at the advanced numbers again, talked about it on a previous episode, I'm not going to dive deep into that again. Um, he is better when he's playing in the limited minutes. He's playing without LeBron on the floor. So that's a little interesting to me. Um, but you really look at it, you know, so are you going to give Dennis Schroeder a big extension? You know, just looking at the numbers, again, small sample size, 22 games. That's about a quarter of a regular season, um, a little bit more because this game's only this season's only 72 games. Um, but he's got the most minutes played on the Lakers, 674, so he's durable. you got to give him credit there. But just looking at the numbers, you know, his offensive rating is 105. For comparison's sake, that is the fourth worst on the team ahead of uh, Costas Antetokounmpo, 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 <laughs> Uh, with a zero, because he's played eight minutes, so let's just scratch him. Uh, Taylor Horton-Tucker, 103, 287 minutes, and Kyle Kuzma, who I admittedly don't like, with a 103. And then it's Schroeder, and then it's Marcus Gasol, Marquise Morris, Quinn Cook, Alex Crusoe, so on and so forth. LeBron and AD are actually middle of the pack. Now, offensive rating, well, a lot of the guys at the top, Jared Dudley, uh, Devonta Kasich, and Alfonso McKinney, those are the top three. They have obviously super small sample size in blowouts. So, but, you know, offensive rating isn't, it's really flawed because it's kind of a team stat because it's based off the points per 100 possessions. But it, it helps tell some story. Defensive rating, same thing. Uh, not great. I believe he's worst on the team. So he's – okay, he's not the worst. I am I stand corrected. Uh, but he's not great either. He's 107 defensive rating right in the middle of the pack. He's ninth out of 16 guys in terms of uh, lowest. So ninth worst. Um, you know, and again, that's not terrible. He's right in the middle of the pack. 107 is not bad. But then you look at some other things, some other advanced statistics. So if we go over to wind shares, he's got 1.2 wind shares, which sounds good, right? He's got more than Gasol. He's got the same as KCP. But when you look at it, a stat I like looking at, and this might just be my baseball head, is wind shares per 48 minutes. So obviously it's skewed with small sample sizes. Again, Kasich, McKinney are the two players who lead in this. But it calculates how many wind shares a player accumulates for every 48 minutes played. Um... You know, the league average is approximately, according to basketball reference, 0.100. So you look at the Lakers, you look at a guy like Montres Harrell's actually 2.33 or 0.233, excuse me. That's really freaking good. Um, better than AD, who's 0.221, better than LeBron, who's 0.205. So these are really good numbers, you know. Uh, Jared Dudley, small sample size. KCP, 0.136. Crusoe 0.132. And that makes sense because KCP is good at shooting the ball. You know, he's an okay defender. Crusoe's really good defensively, kind of you know, a zero on the offensive end. So that makes sense that he's slightly above average. Uh, Marcus all 0.117. Um, that makes sense because his defensive metrics are still really good. Wes Matthews is right around league average 0.105. Same with Taylor and Horton Tucker 0.103. Again, that makes sense. I know everyone loves THT, but that's around where he's playing this year is around league average. Uh, Markeith Morris 0.096 slightly below league average. Again, that makes sense. And you get to Dennis Schroeder 0.8, 0.086. Second worst third worst on the team if we're counting Costas, but we're not counting him. So second worst on the team, only ahead of Kyle Kuzma. Another guy I don't like, .081. Uh, We go over to value over replacement player, kind of like War. Um, He is the only player in the negative. He's at negative 0.1. Now, these are all before tonight's game against the Nuggets, so these will change, Um, you know, but one game's not going to sway it heavily. And, that you know, that's not great. Uh, Box plus minus, we look at that. So, you know, there's offensive box plus minus, defensive box plus minus, um... It's So the, the definition on basketball reference is a box score estimate of the offensive points per 100 possessions of a player contributed above a league average player translated to an average team. So it's it's kind of like offensive rating and defensive rating, but adjusted to kind of be more reflective of how many points better they are, both offensively and defensively, than the average player on the average team. Um, we look at and then the, the overall box plus minus combines offensive and defensive we look at Schroeder, he's got a negative two negative two point three offensive, which is third worst on the team, only ahead of Marcus Saul and Taylor Horn Tucker. Again, that makes sense because THT as good as he is, he hasn't been consistent offensively. He's starting to come turn a corner though. Defensive box plus minus, he's only ahead of Kyle Kuzma and Quinn Cook, if you want to count him. He's only played forty two minutes and Alfonso McKinney, but real rotation players only ahead of Kyle Kuzma. We go over to the overall box plus minus combining the two. He's the worst on the team at negative two point eight. Advanced statistics aren't everything, and trying to run a team just looking at advanced numbers is silly. Um, you know obviously you can look at things like sample size and whatnot, but those don't tell the whole story. Watching Schroeder, I, I still I'm not in love with what how he's playing and the numbers you know back it up as well. I mean, if we just look at his traditional averages, heading into tonight's game against Denver, He's averaging 13.6 points, 4.2 assists, 3.6 rebounds per game. Shooting only 42% from the field, 30% from three. Again, these are going to get better because of tonight's game. Um, And he's taken a huge dip on this team. Uh, He went from 18.9, 19 points a game to, you know, he's losing five points a game. Uh, Assist-wise, he's around the same. Rebounding, he's actually the same. But his shooting's down. Uh, Shooting is down 4%. His three-point shooting's down 8%. And, you know, his free-throw shooting's even down Um how much percent bound? 31%. His effective field goal percentage is down. And you know, it makes you think because before Schroeder kind of had this breakout year in OKC, he wasn't regarded as this like really, really special guy. He was kind of regarded as like this garbage time, you know, and that there's nothing wrong with that. Don't get me wrong, he's not a bad player. Um, you know, I, I still think he's better than how he is playing because he is playing like a bad player so far. Um, he's not a bad player. It's just before, you know, he went to OKC, he was known as this kind of like just gets empty stats on a bad team, you know, not a great defender, not terrible, you know, not super efficient. You know, he's only had one season with an uh, an effective field goal percentage above 500, um, which was last season, 534. The rest of his career, all below 500. Um, And that measures, you know, the fact that threes are worth more than twos, which are worth more than ones. So is he worth... A big extension I think the answer is no I don't think he's proven enough now does this mean he absolutely should not be extended at all no I mean let him play out the rest of the year and see if it's a fit or if he takes a lesser deal like the original deal you offered take that deal um, but I don't think he's worth this like max extension that he could get which I I gotta pull up the numbers right now this is terrible radio but you know it's a it's a hefty contract it's it's not something to like you know scoff at. It's not something that's small. Let's go over to CBS Sports right here. So according to who is this? I hate autoplay videos. Um, Sam Quinn on CBS Sports. This was December twenty sixth. So they the Lakers offered a two year thirty three point four million. So that's what sixteen point seven a year, um, according to ESPN's Adrian Wojnowski. Um, if he waits until what's the date? So he can make. Now, February 16th is when those restrictions drop. So, after February 16th, he can make... It doesn't give a number. Oh, here we go. He would make... So, instead of a two-year, you know, $33 million, he could sign a four-year... Was it $98 million? So, he'd be making 15 mil, $15.5 million... That's this season, excuse me. $18.6 million next year, $20 million the following year, $21.5 million the following year, $23 million the next year. He's just not worth that kind of money. I'm sorry. And to lock down that long of a contract, if you want to do a one-year extension, fine. Give him an expiring deal. Because then, or if you sign the two-year extension, then you could start talking about trades. You know, Kyle Kuzma, I he's playing out of his value. Yes, he signed that extension, but he did kind of sign at a discount. And just because he signed that extension doesn't mean he won't get traded. I think that means he won't get traded this year, but I don't think it rules him out in the future. Um... But, you know, if you get a Schroeder on an expiring and you have Kuzma and, you know, another young asset, whatever it is, or a draft pick, like you could package those contracts, get a bigger contract, um, you know, if if the opportunity presents itself, which it probably will at CNBA, let's be honest. So, in that regard, it makes sense. But to sign a four year deal where he's making this much money, he's making an average of, what, 20 something million? It, it's just, it doesn't make sense for a guy who isn't hasn't really been great in the system you're running and outside of last year hasn't shown a consistent track record of being someone worth that much money this is the kind of signing which i laughed at the late of the clippers when they signed uh, marcus morris and luke Kennard to a combined 128 million that's the kind of signing this would be in line with that personally i think i would rather instead of committing to all that money you're not going to be able to trade him till the back end of his contract and get out of it and is he really going to get much better i mean Again, small sample size, so we have to see it this season. He is 28, you know, entering his athletic prime, but you kind of are who you are at some point in the league, and I, I just don't like the signs I'm seeing. So, at a cheaper deal, at a shorter deal, yes, I think Schroeder's worth keeping around. Unless he significantly changes how he's playing this season, he's just not worth that big extension. I think it is a mistake. Rob Palenka is, a smart, is much smarter than me, you know, when, when it comes to running a basketball team. I'm not going to sit here and pretend like I know more than an NBA GM, you know. Some pundits, you know... You can criticize moves and whatnot. At the end of the day, he's going to be right ninety nine point nine nine percent of the time, more than I am. Um, you know that's why he gets paid millions of dollars. I don't know if he makes millions. I'm sure he does um, to do that job. And you know, I'm talking about him here on a podcast. But I just think it'd be a mistake. I don't think he's shown enough. And you know, you guys know I'm a Alonzo Ball. You know, Stan. I'd rather see the Lakers go after Lonzo Ball. Yeah, he's a restricted free agent. The Pelicans can match his offer, but are they going to match a two year eighteen million dollar offer? You don't know, have Lonzo. He's a much better defender than Schroeder. You're not getting great offensive output anyway, so you don't have to worry about that. Lonzo can score 10 a game. Schroeder's only scoring 13. And he's a much better defender and a better facilitator. Why not? Um, and he's younger. So, But that's just the Lonzo ball stand coming out in me. Um, so Schroeder extension, I, I don't know if I really love that, you know, to be honest. So before getting into the Detroit Pistons game, I actually wanted to talk about a question we got over on Twitter uh this is from roy greco jr at roy greco jr one i go follow him over on twitter he's got a wake forest picture as his uh profile picture roy if you're listening thanks for sending in a question uh he asked any chance the lakers could get in on jared allen and what would our offer look like if so now jared allen traded from the brooklyn nets to the cleveland cavaliers as part of the james harden um super trade he helped get I, you know, I'm going to be honest, I don't know the exact framework of, of that trade. I don't have it in front of me. Uh, but he was one of the young pieces. Now, you know, this season he's averaging 11.8 points, 9.3 rebounds. Cleveland, he's averaging 12.7, 7.9 rebounds. And obviously the Lakers have a need. Um, the Lakers, I, they need a second center. That's been well documented. Jared Allen's 22 years old. He led the league in field goal percentage last year. He's a guy who's going to be a double-double machine the next five years, and he's young, like I said. He'd be a great fit, right? He would. Um, but to be honest, it's not going to happen. And I mean, first of all, the Cavs aren't going to trade Jared Allen. I mean, it's just not, there's reports that the Cavs are shopping some of their bigs, JaVale McGee and whatnot. Um, they're, they would trade Andre Drummond before they would trade Jared Allen. Um, it's just, it makes no sense to trade a young asset that you just got. You know, you're, you're going to stay with the younger guy and you're going to stay. It just makes more sense. Whereas Drummond, he's on an expiring Try to trade him. See, this is the kind of trade the Lakers could do. You know, I don't know if I would trade Schroeder and Kuzma for Andre Drummond, but that's something that could happen. You know, or, or you could package those two with an extension, like I mentioned, for someone like Drummond on an expiring deal. It doesn't hurt you long term. They would trade him, but first, you know, trade the guy who's 27. You know, Drummond's not old, but again, you kind of are who you are at some point in this league. And Drummond is—he is who he is. And I'd rather have the young guy in Jared Allen. He's cheaper, he's younger, and he's probably going to be better. You mean? I mean Andre Drummond's put up insane numbers but you know that's in Detroit, you know how how much can we you know take from that but I don't think they're going to trade Jared Allen so I don't even think it's a case of the Lakers having a good enough package even if they were shopping Jared Allen I don't think the Lakers would have a good enough package because he's such the league isn't deep in centers right now and yeah the center is not as important as it was you know even 5 years ago 10 years ago 15 years ago but to get a young center like that, like you're not going to get him from Mike Muscala, like the Clippers do with Evica Zubac, um, he would get a decent return. And the Lakers, you know, have what Kyle Kuzma, THT. That's really in a future pick. Maybe I, I just don't think the Cavs do that. So first, I don't think the Cavs are trading Jared Allen. Second, I don't think the Lakers have a package for Jared Allen. And third, if the Lakers are going to get that second center, it's going to be out of the buyout market. Or you know, if they trade for one of the guys who may make might get bought out. For like a McKinney Dudley package, whatever the case is, future second. Um, it's gonna be a lesser name. It's not gonna be a big name like Jared Allen. If Andre Drummond gets spot out, that'd be fantastic. But I think someone will trade for him. If not, he should be number one on their radar. Um and we'll see. I think I think some team will trade for him because he's still averaging eighteen and fourteen, which is, you know, really good numbers on the surface. And some team has an expiring that they could send for that. Um I just don't see the Lakers in the market for a big trade like that. Now McGee would be perfect, but they have to, because of the NBA's, you know, trade rules, since they traded McGee to the Cavs, McGee would have to get traded to another team and then either get bought out or then traded to the Lakers or get bought out, sign with another team, like get bought out again, which isn't going to happen obviously. And then sign with the Lakers. Um, So that's not going to happen. Not going to be Jared Allen. So as cool as it would be to see Jared Allen in LA, because I think he'd be a great fit. Uh, and be someone who could the team could build around in the future, um, not as a superstar guy, but just as a role player. You know that'd be great, but it's it's not practical, quite frankly. Um, so sorry if I'm raining on anyone's parade if they thought the Lakers were going to get Jared Allen, they're just not. Um, this Saturday, February sixth, prelude to the Super Bowl at 7 p.m. Watch this game. Go to bed. Get ready for the Super Bowl. We got the Lakers, excuse me, hosting the Detroit Pistons. Now the Pistons did beat the Lakers the last time they squared off in a shocking game you know, some people might be smart marks and they might be p- taking the Pistons in this game because of that. Now I don't have the betting lines in front of me. I'm going to do an article on it. When the betting lines are out, I would guess as at home, the Lakers are at least nine and a half favorites, if not up to like 11, 11 and a half. I really do think it might get that high. I don't think the Pistons are a very good basketball team. Anthony Davis is actually going to play this time. Lakers are at home. All the thing, all the things, you know, that make up a, uh, a huge spread. Um, and with the Lakers losing last time, you know, you might be intrigued to take that Pistons, you know, plus 11 and a half, whatever it is. And I don't think that's a terrible bet, but they're not going to win this game. Um, how often do you see a team like the Pistons be a, a legitimate contender like the Lakers, you know, twice in a row? Yes, you could talk about the Cavs and the Nets from a few weeks back, but the Cavs actually have like a 500 record or right around 500 record. They're actually not that bad of a basketball team. Um, they're 10 and 12. You know, they got some pieces. They're not great. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying the Cavs are all of a sudden good. Uh, but they got some pieces. Detroit, it's a mess. I mean, they're 5-16, and 16 and they're just a mess. So, Lakers are far more talented. They're going to win this game. Last time, it was really an anomaly, if we're being honest. I mean, not, not so much an anomaly, just it was a bad situation for the Lakers. You know, they had a back-to-back, road back-to-back, so traveling back-to-back. No AD. Um, and it was a close game, which I predicted. I took Detroit last time. Um, Because I thought it was going to be a close game. And it was close game back and forth like I expected, like many people should have expected. And then the Lakers just took the fourth quarter off because it was their eighth quarter of basketball in two days in two different cities. Um, After LeBron had a huge night, you know, the night before. Or was it was it after that Cavs game? I could be wrong about that. Or was it after the Sixers game? No, it was after the Sixers game. Okay, so they had a hard-fought, really closely contested game that literally came down to the buzzer. um, And then had to play the Pistons the next night, you know. You can see how that loss happens. Now, they're going to have, you know, a day rest at home. Don't really have a big game on the horizon. Have another day rest before they take on the Thunder. Then another day rest in the Thunder. And then they host the Grizzlies. They don't have a big game for a while. Denver on Valentine's Day on the road. Um, this is going to, you know, shape up. I I really do think this is going to be a – what is that? This is going to be a 5-0 and homestand. I really do think so. I don't think the Pistons, Thunder, or Grizzlies are going to beat the Lakers. And – The Lakers are just too talented. They're too deep, as we've seen tonight. And obviously things happen. It's basketball. But there's no way the Pistons beat the Lakers twice in a row. It's just not going to happen. That being said, I still have to do my purple and gold players. As far as the betting lines, like I said, when they're out, I'll post them. I'm probably leaning Lakers no matter what. But we'll see how high that line gets. And once I put it in the model and whatnot, what it says. um, Purple and gold players, for those that don't know, purple player is a role player on the other team that the Lakers have to beat up a little. Leave them maybe a little bruised, a little purple. Um... Figuratively, not literally. They need to beat them up, contain them from having a big game for the Lakers to be successful. And the gold player is a role player on the Lakers, who I just personally think is going to have a big game. Not necessarily they have to have a big game, but I think they're going to have a big game. Um, Usually I start with the purple player. Today I'm going to start with the gold player. I was tempted to go with Dennis Schroeder just because, you know, talking about him and everything, but I'm not going to go with Schroeder. I want to go KCP as well. Not going to go KCP. Trez is intriguing. Not going to go Trez. THT, not going to go THT. Caruso, great defense. Not going to go Alex Caruso. Kyle Kuzma, hometown of Detroit Pistons. Not going to go Kyle Kuzma. I'm going to go Marcus Now, I think Marcus Tall's going to have a big game. And by big game, I mean seven points. Um, <laughs> excuse me. Um, I don't necessarily think he's going to have a huge game in terms of the box score. I just think... If the Lakers are, you know, it's going to be one of those meaningless games. And I think Gasol is going to hit a few threes. I think he'll probably... I could see him legitimately scoring like 10 points in this game if he just knocks down two threes and, you know, makes his other shots. Um, I think it'll be one of his better games of the year offensively. And I think defensively, you know, they're going to want to contain Blake Griffin and uh, Jeremy Grant and all those guys at the rim. So Gasol's rim presence, again, only 20 minutes a game, but his rim presence is going to matter. Um, And I just think it's going to be... Uh, not a great game. He'd probably still be fourth in the team in scoring, but I think we see our first like 10 and 10-5 and two, two being the blocks, game from Gasol. And it's just a, a quietly solid game. They still need another big. I'm going gonna, gonna to die on that hill. But it will be a quietly solid game from Marc Gasol. I, I feel good about that. I feel good about the guy averaging 3.8 points and 4.5 rebounds a game. Still playing great defense, but he's going to see that tick up a little bit after this game. As far as the purple player, now, it would make sense. I mean, they don't have a star, so literally anyone on the Pistons could be a role player, even Blake Griffin. Sorry, Blake Griffin. I'm a Blake Griffin guy. I really like Blake. But I guess Jeremy Grant. I mean, he's averaging 23-6-3, and three, but he's not a star. I'm going to go with Derrick Rose because last time the Lakers and the Pistons played, uh, D. Rose had you know a few 80% vintage D. Rose mo- T. Rose moments, and Blake Griffin uh, played pretty well uh Griffin had 23 6 and 3, D Rose off the bench had 14 3 and 1. Uh, Wayne Ellington had 20. Um Mason Plumlee had a double-double. I just think keeping Rose from kind of facilitating off the bench is really the key here. Um again, Detroit's not that talented and it's going to take, you know, D Rose to kind of do things. He only had 3 assists, but it's going to take that kind of that veteran leadership for a team like Detroit, you know, to c- go on the road and beat the Lakers. So just make sure he doesn't have a, a vintage, you know, 2013 D Rose game. And you're fine. That's really all it is. Um, it, it's it's the Pistons. I, I kind of feel this is a shorter episode, but what else can you really say about a Pistons-Lakers game? Yeah, they lost the last game by 15. That's not going to happen again. <clears throat> will the Pistons cover? Maybe. Who knows? Uh, the Lakers aren't going to lose this game. I'm willing to just say that outright. Lakers will be, uh, what is it? They're 17-6 right now. They will be 18 and 6 after this game, and they're probably going to be uh, what 21 and 6 after their road trip. Easy win for the Lakers. I wouldn't worry, guys. Um, I just want you all to enjoy your weekend. Again, a little bit of a shorter episode. I'm sorry. 30 minutes, though. That's still 30 minutes to get you by on a Friday um, until the weekend. Everyone have a safe and healthy weekend. Uh, if you're going anywhere, be safe. I'm not someone to tell people what to do, you know, and everything going on. But just be safe. Have fun. You know, forget about everything for a little bit. Watch the Super Bowl. Even if you're not a football fan, you know, do a crazy prop bet. Gamble responsibly, 1-800-GAMBLER. Um, but, you know, maybe do a crazy prop bet. Maybe just enjoy the game. Um, you got the Lakers Saturday night, and you head into a Super Bowl. Maybe make some breakfast, you know, cook up. Those longtime listeners No, you got to get the Kahlua Coffee Company, their uh, macadamia mocha with the Eminem creamer. You know, spice that up a little bit. Brew that on Sunday morning. Make some breakfast. Enjoy the Super Bowl. We will be back at you either Sunday night or Monday morning, depending on how, you know, the Super Bowl goes for me personally. Um, you know, and it, it's a great time to be a Laker fan. It's a great time to just recap a 21-point win over a Denver Nuggets team who, quite frankly, I was worried about because Nikola Jokic matches up very well against every other big not named Marc Gasol. I mean, Anthony Davis is a very good defensive big, but I, I just get terrified about, you know, after seeing how bad Trez was against him in the playoffs last year for the Clippers. Um, So it feels good. It's a regular season win. Don't overreact uh, just like you wouldn't overreact about a loss. But Lakers are dang good, man. They're freaking good. Um, (laughs) That's why they're the title favorites. In the meantime, everyone, again, stay safe. Have a great weekend. Go Lakers. Go Lakers.